The reading this morning is John chapter 1, starting at verse 1 to 18. The Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace, in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Well, hi again, everyone. My name's Scott. Uh, really glad to be with you guys this morning. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy going to the movies. I want to turn that on. There we go. I thoroughly enjoy going to the movies. Who's like me? It's an experience, isn't it? You've got the comfy seat. The, the big screen, the smell of popcorn that wafts through. I don't even eat popcorn, but it's part of the experience of going to the movies. And for me, a part of that experience as well is getting there right at the start. Now, I know you, 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 can, you can be 20 minutes late and you won't miss a thing about the movie because there's 20 minutes of ads and trailers and whatnot. But I actually hate being late. For me, it's, it's part of the whole experience. I, I don't like the ads. I put up with the ads so that I don't miss the trailers. I love watching movie trailers. Anyone else like that? It's, it's like a window into a story. Let me tell you about one trailer that really grabbed my attention. I saw this trailer and I thought, I've got to see that movie. The trailer was just, it's like a normal trailer. It was showing clips from the movie and the drama that was about to take place. And, but it kept flashing up with different text on the screen that said, from the director of The Terminator and Aliens and Terminator 2 and True Lies. And at that point, I didn't care what this movie was about. I was sold. A movie made by that man is a movie I want to see which probably tells you something about my taste in movies. I like action flicks from the 90s that mostly have Arnold Schwarzenegger in them. 
I thought, if that man made that movie, those movies, this movie is going to be great. Unfortunately, the movie did not live up to the hype. The movie was Avatar. There's no Arnold Schwarzenegger in sight. There's, there's a little bit of action at the end. But it, it... Today we're starting a new series at church. We're going to spend term one looking at the Gospel of John. And we'll make it through the first 12 chapters. Uh, and we've titled this series, If You Knew. As we read John, we're going to be looking at Jesus afresh. We're going to meet Jesus who performs astounding signs. Jesus who teaches revolutionary truths. And in meeting Jesus, I hope our jaws hit the floor as we grasp at greater depth just how wonderful Jesus truly is. And that begins today. The first 18 verses of John, of John are kind of like a movie trailer. They, they build hype. They create anticipation. They, they, they tantalize us by giving us a little taste of what's to come. And in these verses, Jesus is put before us, front and center. And they show us that Jesus is far bigger than we ever bargained for. That's where we're headed today. But before we take a a look at this trailer to the Gospel of John, why don't we pray and ask that God would be with us as we do this. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that in the Gospel of John, we can meet Jesus. And we pray that we would do that today and all this term. Please awaken us to see who Jesus is. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. So today I'm saying, Jesus is bigger than you bargained for. You've got to remember that when John first wrote this book, Jesus was someone who people knew a lot about. He wasn't just a guy who lived you know, 2,000 years ago. He was someone who, who died in recent memory. Stacks of people would have had stories about him. He lived a very public life. People would have, would have had stories about the time they heard him talk down at the local park or, or, or the time that they looked out and they saw this big crowd following, following him along the path. Or maybe you didn't have a personal story yourself, but, but your cousin said that she once saw Jesus down at the temple and it was pretty crazy. Or your neighbor had a story about the time he tried to go to synagogue, but, but there was such a crowd there that he couldn't get in because everyone that day had come to see Jesus or whatever the story is. But The idea, it was pretty normal for people to know that Jesus was a real man. That they'd seen him, they'd touched him, they'd heard him. That was the common experience. Which makes the first words of John just so startling. This is John 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. Into a world where Jesus was known as that guy who was pretty popular a few years back. Into that world, into that world, these words should jolt us. Because they're saying that Jesus isn't just some guy. He's not just a bloke who lived a little while ago. These words declare Jesus to be the most important person that ever walked the face of this planet. Because these words declare Jesus to be God himself. 
And that's the first point today. Jesus is bigger than you bargained for. He's God. Jesus, the verses say, is the one who is both with God and who is God. Which, if we're honest with ourselves, that can sound a little bit confusing, can't it? How can Jesus be with God and be God? See, this is one of those passages that speak about the Trinity. God is Trinity. That is what Christians confess through the ages. We mean that there's one God, there's one being who is God, but within that being there are three persons. God is Father, Son, and Spirit. And I don't pretend that this is something that's easy to wrap our heads around, but then again, we're talking about God here, and we shouldn't expect to be able to understand God completely. But some people find the Trinity too confusing, and they change the words of the Bible. And their Bibles say something like this. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was not God, but a God. That's, that's what the Jehovah's Witnesses do. That's their uh, translation of the Bible. See, they admit that there's something special about Jesus... Something even kind of divine-like. But he's not the God, is he? Now look, I don't bring up the Jehovah's Witnesses to rag on them. Uh, mostly the, the Jehovah's Witnesses I've met have been really lovely, really nice people. Uh, and I like talking with them. But at this point, I, they're wrong. And again, I'm not saying this to rag on them. It's just that we need to get Jesus right. And, and here in the Bible... Plain as day, we hear these words that Jesus, the Word, is with God and Jesus, the Word, is God. And if we're left with any doubt, John shows us that Jesus really is God. Because what is it that God does? What does God do that nobody else does? There's a a few things, isn't there? But but the, the big thing is that God creates the universe. This is true of God and nobody else. So if you look at verse 3. It tells us something unexpected. Verse 3. Through him, that is through the word, through Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. It's as if John is saying, look, Jesus really is God. He's involved in creation. If you've ever wondered, if you're ever like me, you've probably wondered, why is Jesus called the Word here? Why not just say Jesus? It would make much more sense. But there's something about using that, that, that title, the Word. Back in Genesis chapter 1, the first part of the Bible, which tells the story of God creating the world. And what does it say? It says that God spoke. God spoke words, let there be light. And then by his words, light was created. And not just light, but everything else as well. And here now in John, we're being told, you can meet that word of God. It is Jesus. Jesus who is part of the triune God. Jesus who is active in creation. And so I hope you're starting to see now why this is such an extraordinary way to start the book. The people who first read this would be stunned. They'd have to do a total rethink about who Jesus is. Because the claim here is that he's not just that popular guy who lived up north a little while ago. The claim here is that that guy who was popular and lived up north a little while ago was actually much more than that. He was God himself. 
But what about you? You're not reading this way back when. You're in 2019. And so much of this might not be so new and fresh to you anymore. You might have heard this before. And because we've heard it before, we just don't get astounded by it, do we? We're not astonished to think that a man who walked around on this earth was really God because, well, we've always thought that or heard that or someone's told us that. And so we end up then thinking small thoughts of Jesus, fitting Jesus into a small box. Has that happened for you? This part of the Bible should explode our small box version of Jesus. Jesus is bigger than we bargain for because he's God himself. He's also bigger than we bargain for because he's the, the, the great gift giver. And that's the second point today. Jesus is the great gift giver. You see that in verses 6 to 13. Uh, verse 6 begins by telling us about a man who isn't Jesus. This man's name is John. It's kind of confusing because the book is called John as well. The John we meet in verse 6 is not the guy who wrote the book. The John we meet in verse 6 is John the Baptist. He's a very important person because you can see that he's sent by God. He's sent by God to, to be a witness, to, to, to testify, to, to talk about Jesus, to tell people about Jesus. It's kind of like Jesus has a personal announcer, one that goes before Jesus to make sure everybody knows who's coming behind him. Uh, some of us went crabbing yesterday. Uh, it was a great day. It was stacks of fun, a stunning day, uh, sunshine, uh, no, no wind much to speak of. It was great. And there was plenty of crabs as well. There's Craig with a crab. Uh, and there's Lucy with a lot more crabs. I knew there would be crabs. <coughs> Pardon me. I knew there would be crabs even before I got in the water. See, when I arrived, there were already some people out in the water. And every now and again, one of the folks who were already out in the water, they would signal that there was a crab nearby. I'm going to show you how it went. It was a signal that you couldn't miss. Now, the folks who are listening to the recording have probably got no idea what's just happened, but nevertheless. Uh, there was a signal you couldn't miss, a screaming, thrashing about, an attempt to get away from the crab. Now, I'm not going to look at anyone. I'm not going to mention any names. But look... If I'm honest with you, I wasn't the totally courageous person I make myself out to be now, too. There's a moment where a crab tried to get onto my left leg. I jumped. I think I was about three feet out of the water. A not-so-manly noise came out of my mouth. I won't repeat it now. But you'd know where these crabs were because of the screaming, the jumping. It alerted us. Here is a crab right here. And in John, that's what John the Baptist is doing. You can see in verse 15, he cries out so we'd know here is Jesus. But he does it for a purpose too. It's not just out of fright or fear. Verse 7, John testifies so that through him all might believe. So is that what happened back then with Jesus? Did all believe in him? No, it is not. Verses 10 and 11, I think, are about the saddest verses in the whole Bible. Check them out with me. He, that is Jesus, he was in the world. And though the world was made through him, 
the world didn't recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. The world in general doesn't recognize Jesus. Even his own people, the Israelites, they didn't receive him. Is John a failure then? Well, no, because it's not all misery and gloom. Look at verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You see here, Jesus is the great gift giver. What's his gift? He enables people, just regular, everyday people like you and me. Jesus enables us to become children of the living God. I mentioned last year sometime that I'd started watching The Crown on Netflix. It's the show that dramatises the life of our our current queen. Uh, I went off it for a bit last year, but I've just got back into it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, But it struck me recently, as I've been watching, just how much privilege comes with being a royal. These houses they live in, they're astonishing, even by modern standards. They have this, this staff that will just do everything for them. They can completely rely on the staff to do things. The food they get served, oh, it's, it looks to die for, even on the screen. Uh, the hobbies they're able to pursue, it's amazing. And, and this money that's just behind them, even if you're like a fringe royalty, uh, the amount of money that you get paid, is, it's, it's, it's startling. And all just because... You're part of this family. If that's true of the royals, it's far more true of the children of God. Now, we may not have great castles to live in, but we have heaven as our home. We may not have all the riches of the royals, but we have an inheritance that far outweighs theirs. Our inheritance is everything. We don't command armies, but we've got the best big big brother in the world who'll stick up for us. And we have a father in God Almighty, a father who listens, who always cares, never overreacts in anger, never never makes light of our failures or hardships, who loves us through thick and thin. This is the life. This is the gift that Jesus gives to be a child of the living God. Isn't it stunning? Jesus is bigger than we're bugged for. What gift could compare to this? Is this a gift that you've received? If not, why not take, take up Jesus' offer today? Come and, come and grab me later. We can talk about how to do it. Or, or you don't have to talk with me if, if you don't want to. Talk to someone you came with here. This is a gift to take hold of, friends. Have you received this gift? If you have, how do you feel about it? Is this the kind of thing that gets you excited 
do you get overwhelmed by the magnitude of, of just what it is that Jesus gives you? Or do you hear this and just feel flat? Are you unmoved by what Jesus offers us here? Is Jesus too small in your mind? Today I'm saying that Jesus is bigger than you bargained for because he's the God of creation, because he's the great gift giver, and because he's the revealer of God. That's our third point for today. Jesus reveals, he shows us what God is really like. You can see this in verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Again, I've always found it a bit funny that that Jesus is called the word here. But again, it does help us grasp something about who Jesus is. See, God's word is is, what he speaks to us. And I know what you're thinking. That's obvious, Scott, of course. But here's the point. Uh, The word, God's message to us, becomes flesh. The word becomes a living, breathing person. So now we can look on it and we see Jesus and we see God's message to us. We see God talking to us. We see in Jesus the complete and full revelation of who God is. It's in that person. It's in Jesus. So John can say, we have seen his glory. John and and others with him, they became eyewitnesses to this. Because the word became a person, and so they saw him with their eyes. And when they saw him, they saw something just spectacular. Look at verse 18. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. This is amazing, right? The... The invisible God becomes visible in Jesus. The God who is known in part is now known in full. And this happens in Jesus. Jesus shows us who God truly is. Nowadays, people try all sorts of things to to try and get to know God better. Some try the religious road. They do things like go to one of those grand old church buildings, the kind of ones with the tall roofs, the stained glass windows, the ornate architecture, the pipe organs, and they sit in these places, and because they're in this special place, this holy place, they expect to have some kind of spiritual enlightenment. They expect some dawning realization to come on them about who God is, and so they can know God better. Other people are sick of the religious road, though, and they take the mystic's route instead, and they jump on a plane, they go to India or some other supposed exotic location, and when they arrive, they try new things, they eat new foods, they live in strange places, go hiking to sacred sites, all in the hope that somewhere in there, there's an experience that will help them get to know themselves and get to know about life and and get to know God better. But either way here, you miss God completely. See, Jesus isn't found in stained glass windows or sandstone buildings. He's not found by going to a hike in some new part of the world. God is found in Jesus. When you look at Jesus, that's when you see God. 
I know we can't look at Jesus anymore, sure, but John did. He's the eyewitness, which is why he wrote this book, so that when we read it, we can see Jesus too. So save yourself a whole bunch of money. Don't, don't, don't put out money for a ticket to India. Buy yourself a Bible. Open up your Bible. There you'll meet Jesus. See, Jesus really is more than we bargain for, isn't he? Here we have God, the one through whom everything is made. Here we have the great gift giver, the one who can make you into a child of the living God. Here is the one who truly lets us see what God is like. Have you ever met anyone quite like this before? And all this means that the series we're about to do in John is completely unmissable. You're not going to hear the greatest preaching in the world up here. You know that by now, and so do I. But this is unmissable simply because we're reading the book of John. And we're asking the question, who is Jesus? And John is telling us who Jesus is. He's putting Jesus right before our eyes. And today we caught uh, just a glimpse, a glimmer of who Jesus is. It's like a trailer to a movie. But unlike Avatar, the trailer is not a, the, the Avatar promised so much in the trailer, but was a letdown for the movie. Jesus is not a letdown. Je- seeing Jesus is like a five-star movie, a six-star movie, if you will. He lives up to the hype and then more. So don't miss out, God. I want to say, come back. Invest your Sunday mornings here. Get to know Jesus better with us. And as we do this, I'm positive you will get to know Jesus better and better, and it will be totally worth it, absolutely worth it. But don't just be here. Get stuck into your community groups too. They're starting very soon. We'll be reading through joining our groups. So commit to your group. Be there as much as you can and, and, and be invested in the time when you read the Bible together. If you're not in the group, why not join one? Just tear that comment bit off the side of your, your leaflets today. Put down, I want to join a community group. We'll find one for you. Maybe you can't be in a group. Why not grab the booklets up there anyway? Dave's told us about them, five bucks up the back. Uh, do the studies on your own. Do them with fa- your family. Do them with a friend. Uh, but, but take the time to meet Jesus in the Word. Take the time over the next term to invest in him, to get to know him. He is absolutely stunning. Maybe you're here and, and you're not really sure about the whole Jesus thing. You got, maybe you've got stacks of questions or you've heard a lot before and you've sat in church for a bit and you just want the opportunity to hear it laid out all in front of you. Well, we'll take this opportunity. You come to church, keep coming to church. Or, or better still, what about, what about coming on to the Life Series? Dave spoke about this before. This could be the thing for you. This is for anyone who's investigating Christianity, wants to know more about Jesus. It's, it's for people who even have been in church for a while and just kind of want to hear it laid out straight. Come along with us. We're starting on, on Tuesday night. Still time to register. Details in the outline. Uh, but we're going to start in John 2. Not that we're going to work through the whole book like community groups will, but, but we're starting there on Tuesday. We're just going to look at one of the claims that Jesus made in John. Why not join us for these five weeks? Get to see if, if Jesus really is who I'm saying. Get to see if he is more than you bargained for. Because that's what these verses tell us. They, they whet our appetites for what's to come. So friends, let me ask you, are you in? Are you in for the next term? Are you in to, to meet Jesus afresh? That's what these verses challenge us about. But they do more than that. 
even in these verses, we've been challenged about who Jesus is. Is Jesus just a guy? Maybe even a bit impressive, but, but not enough to take over my life. Maybe he's part of my life, but, 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 but he's a small part of my life. Is that Jesus for you? Or does Jesus shatter our expectations? Is Jesus really bigger than we bargained for? I want to say, yes, yes, he is, friends. And if he is, have I given him that place in my life? That's the question I want to leave hanging. But keep coming back. We're going to get to know Jesus really well in the next term. Let's, but let's pray together today. Father in heaven, we thank you for Jesus. Because we read, what we read here is, is, is truly amazing. He, he, he came and lived and walked amongst us, and yet he's the one who, who was involved at creation. The very fact that we're here happened because of him. He's the one that shows us what you're like, and he's the one that can make us your children. So God, we thank you so much for Jesus. Father, we confess in our lives that so often we don't make enough of him. So we pray in the coming weeks, please capture us. Please capture our our hearts. Please capture our heads with Jesus when we come here or in our community groups or in our own time. Please help us get to know him more, get to know him deeper. Please grow us in our awe of him, we ask. We pray in his name. Amen.